0: I'm just going to share just for a few moments. Um, I just plan on sharing for five, about 10 or 15 minutes this morning, and then we're going to receive communion together. If you have your Bibles, let's get right into this. I want to go into Exodus chapter 3 and then John chapter 6. Uh, it's time to eat the word. Amen? It is time to eat the word, to be filled up on this beautiful day God has blessed us with. I, I want to start in Exodus chapter 3, this is a story of, of Moses, the Israelites, they're on their way, they're at Mount Horeb, Mount Oreb is actually Mount Sinai, or the mountain of God, and they are there, Moses is in a conversation with God, a matter of fact, God is telling Moses at the beginning of chapter 3 in Exodus, he's like, don't get too close, you're in the presence of Almighty, take off your sandals. And so Moses is having this conversation with God. Let's pick up on verse 13. And Moses protested God, and he said, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? And he said, what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I say I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Let's say that name this morning. I am. Amen. Yahweh, I am. Now go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Jesus, who is part of the Trinity and the great I am. We find him at a very busy, he was a very busy, busy man during those three and a half years. This is no exception. Matter of fact, a lot of things are happening in John chapter 6. If you, if you recall in this story, he had just, at the beginning of it, he fed the 5,000 people. You remember when he was getting ready to feed the 5,000 people? He put Philip to the test, didn't he? Remember that conversation he had with Philip? The Bible says that the crowds were gathering and growing in numbers. And and as Jesus was crossing the Sea of Galilee, he's standing there and he sees a large crowd approaching him. And he turns to Philip and and, and, in the beginning of chapter 6, he turns to Philip and he says, Where shall we find bread or where shall we get some bread to feed these people? Now, Jesus knew the answer, but he was asking. seeing what Philip would say. So I want you to get in your mind this word bread, Jesus being the bread of life. He feeds the 5,000, and then he walks on the water. It says all these things are happening one after the next. And in verse 22, remember, fed the 5,000, walked on the water on the following day when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat, Except uh, no other boat there, except that one which his disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with the disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people, therefore, saw that Jesus was not there, nor His disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum asking seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the bread, uh, ate the loaves, and were filled, right? Feeding the 5,000. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. He's saying in this moment, he's saying, don't just follow me because of what I can do. Follow me because of who I am. And I think we got to be really aware that we can't just follow God for what he can do. Yes, he can heal. He can change. But I want to follow him because of who he is. Jesus is like explaining this to them. And then he says, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, right, eternity, salvation, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and he said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert back in Exodus. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. Stop right there. You remember how the Bible talks about the manna that was given during that time to the Israelites? Every day, the manna would be provided from heaven. It would come down. They would get the bread. Do you know if that bread, if they waited too long to go get the bread? The Bible said that bread got really bad to the point it had worms in it. I I think about that. I think what that means to me is God is saying, we need fresh bread every day. I can't live off yesterday's bread. I can't live off what God did. I, I need, right now, I need a fresh word, fresh bread right now. Amen? And so, <laughs> worms and bread is not very appetizing. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then, verse 34, then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Always. We're going to break bread today in just a few moments. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And who, he who believes in me shall never thirst. Aren't you glad that we will never hunger and thirst? We are filled by Jesus Christ. This world will leave you thirsty and hungry. People try to fill their lives with all kinds of things, but it leaves them thirsty and hungry. Jesus fills us up. Let's pray. Father, we pray in these next few moments you will speak to our hearts. We need more of you. You are the bread of life. As we prepare to receive communion this morning together, let us remember what it means. That, Lord, your body was broken, that your blood was poured out. Lord, that, that we, we can come into relationship with you every day in the word fresh bread, a fresh word today. We thank you for this time we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus made a bold statement when he said, I am the bread of life. You know, okay, so let's stop bread. In our culture, that word doesn't maybe mean as much as it did back then. I mean, they were like having meals, like bread was a major thing in meals. But how I we mean, know now, bread is kind of like a side thing, right? You get free bread at a lot of restaurants. I love that free bread. <laughs> it's some of those places. You can, you can just think about like, red lobster has these delicious biscuits oh my goodness right longhorn brings out this tasty bread uh crackle Brown will bring out some bread i mean so we become familiar with the terminology bread being like not the main thing it's kind of a side dish nobody goes to a steakhouse that i've been with and just orders bread <laughs> But Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Remember, bread is a side dish. Bread is an appetizer in our culture. But in Jesus' culture, in Jesus' day, bread was not a side dish. Oftentimes, it was the main thing. It's mentioned over 300 times in the Bible. I mean, it's a big deal if you think about it. And when I, when I think about what's taking place in the scripture, bread was the main dish. Jesus was saying, I am the bread of life. I am the main thing. We cannot make Jesus a side dish in our life. He's not just something that we have once or twice a week when we're here or around us. No, he's saying I need to be the main thing in your life every single day. And it needs to be fresh and you need to find me every day. I don't want to wait once a week to eat that bread. He's saying I am the main thing. Don't make it some kind of side dish that you have once in a while. If bread was mentioned so many times in the Bible it's interesting how it begins in the book of Genesis chapter 3 as we just read Exodus 3 but now in Genesis 3 before that the Bible said that when Adam came under the curse part of the curse that he would earn his wages by the sweat of his brow and then the rest of the verse says and by this you shall eat bread (laughs) bread is established as a main meal if you read Genesis 19 when Lot was there in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible said that two angels came and they made him, and I quote, they made him a feast, okay? And then it tells you what the feast was. The feast was two loaves of unleavened bread. That was a feast. Can you imagine coming home from work and, and you come home and your, your spouse He's been working hard. Heather's been out working. She comes home, and I'm like, I'm making dinner tonight. She's like, oh, babe, I can't wait to see what you make. She walks in the house, and she's like, I'm so hungry. What did you make? And I say, we're having bread. She'd say, what else? And I said, that's it. I went out, and I bought a loaf of bread. You're welcome. Now, do you think... There would be a moment, she'd be like, I'm so glad you were thoughtful, but that's, that's not a lot. That's just, just bread. But in the Bible, oftentimes it's called a feast. But it's not talking like Jesus said. We're not talking about, we're talking about a spiritual thing here, amen? It's bigger than, it's bigger than just like, church is bigger than just coming to a building and sitting here. Church is about, we are partakers with the living God, Amen? We are, we are being filled in our spirit. It's bigger than just, even communion, it's bigger than just this moment of sacrament. It is partaking in something that the Son of God did for us. I want to make sure that we always keep Jesus the main thing, because in our culture, he's been made a side dish. In our schools, they've pretty much just pushed him right on out. In our universities, he's been pushed right on out. And maybe in some of our churches it's become more of a side thing. It's more about the presentation and the, and the effect and the look. and, the, How many know it's always about Jesus? It doesn't matter all this other stuff. He is the main thing. He is all I need. He is all I want. And I choose him today. Amen? I choose him. And when we receive bread this morning, I pray that will be your prayer. You're all that I need. I think about Matthew, the tax collector. You know, Matthew, he was in his tax booth. Do you realize that he made a career choice instantly that day? He could not go back to his job. He had immediately lost his job forever. He was a tax collector, and it's great about Matthew, he did not hesitate when Jesus asked him to follow him. Remember the fishermen, the fishermen probably could have gone back to their jobs as fishermen, but Matthew knew there's no turning back. Once I follow Jesus, I know I can't go back to this life. I love that kind of dedication when God asks us to do something in our life, that we have this instant response, yes, Lord, when God asks us, many times we, we kind of like Moses will say, well, let me, let me get back to you on that, God. Let me just pray about this for a while. or Let me just think about it for a while. But I love sometimes when God asks us things, we say, yes, Lord, because I want to make you the main thing in my life. You remember that on the last supper, as we celebrate communion, the, the thing on the menu was, was bread. Bread was the main thing because Jesus is the main thing. He was the main thing. He... He's not a side thing. He's not something that we can take it or leave it. Bread was essential. Jesus is essential in your life now more than ever. There are more things going to be tugging at you, pulling at you, pushing at you, convincing you, trying to seducing spirits all over the place. Jesus has to be the main thing in your life. I tried to get by just kind of doing the the, the, you know the the church thing for a few years and you know a little bit after high school maybe first year or two of college before I went to Bible school, I was just kinda doing the thing. Kinda, you know, I do I kinda did the church thing. I I knew how to look and act and, and talk and sound, but I knew deep down inside Jesus was not the main thing in my life. And I was empty and I was hungry. And the day that I said, God, I want you to be everything in my life. I want you to be everything in my life. I'm willing to to surrender all. It changed everything. Sometimes I wonder when Jesus comes to our church services and he sits through. And I mean, he's here right now. (laughs) He's here. His presence is here. And angels are amongst us right now. And and I I wonder sometimes when when he sits through our singing when he's standing next to you and in the presence of God, the Holy Spirit is here, I wonder when he, he's with us in our worship service and during the preaching, I wonder if he's sitting there wondering if he's still the main thing. Am I the main thing? He's saying, are you here for me? When we sing those songs and we, when we sing, you're a good, good father. How many enjoyed that song today? You're a good, good father and we're really saying that God, you are so good. You are the main thing. I wonder if he ever wants to ask him, am I the main thing? If Jesus was behind the pulpit, like, like right now, he was the one right here preaching. Well, I think our atten- we, it would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. But how I many know he is here? That's right. He is here. Yes. He might say, you're singing really good. You're doing a good thing. But am I the main thing? You're, you're preaching good today, but am I the main thing? And sometimes we get so busy in life, right? Texting and emailing and shopping and posting and taking care of things and running errands. And, you know, our life is busy, right? Watching the Super Bowl. Maybe watching the Puppy Bowl. (laughs) Maybe you're going to be just watching commercials. But we're we're busy getting ready even for a game. Some of you are like, I got to buy this. I got to buy these snacks. And we get busy. And sometimes we need to just stop and just remember what the main thing is. Huh. You know, I can do it without a lot of things. I'm sure you could think of some things that you could actually do without, that we think that we have to have, we need. But how many know there's one thing I can't do without, that is Jesus Christ. I can't imagine going through life without him. I have been in hospital rooms. I've been in, in many, many uh, services, and, and for, memorial services and funeral services. And, and I, I wonder how people can go through things without Jesus. You can feel it when I'm in a hospital room, when when the people are are not interested in God. You can just feel the fear. I can walk into a hospital room when the diagnosis is bad, but the people are full of faith. And it's like, wow, this is amazing. Amen. Because they made Jesus the main thing. No matter what circumstance, no matter what cracks in the vase, amen, Summer, no matter what's going on in our life, when Jesus is the main thing, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay when he's the main thing. Because he's eternal. In every service, we need the breath, of the bread of life. Fresh bread. You know, the building can be clean and beautiful. We have a beautiful building, don't we? We talk about the mortgage, right? It costs a lot of money to build this place. But it's a beautiful building. And, and we built it for the Lord, right? This is not for us. This is for a place a house of worship. The music can be great. And we have an amazing worship team who leads us into worship. The preaching... Can be uplifting, and I hope keeps your attention and all that stuff. But if Jesus isn't the main thing, we're making him a side thing. He's the main thing. He's the main thing. I was reading Acts chapter sixteen. As probably know that that story, Paul and Silas are in prison, and the Bible says when they were in the prison that that there was an earthquake. Came they were worshiping. They were singing songs of praise. Every door was opened. The chains fell off these prisoners. Prisoners, right? Some of them were in there for terrible crimes, and the, and the doors are open. The chains are off. And, and there's there's this amazing part of the verse that often we look over. It said that every prison door was open, and the prison guard saw what was happening, and he knew he couldn't prevent the escape. He knew they're gonna they're gonna escape. So he was going to take a sword and commit suicide. I mean, he felt so bad. Like I totally, like I I am a prison guard. The number one thing in my job description is don't let the prisoners escape. (laughs) And now an earthquake happened and they're gonna escape. And Paul said, if you remember those words, he said, don't harm yourself, we're still here. We're all here. Like I said, these are murderers, or prisoners, or thieves in this prison, and all these vile people. But how I many know when God showed up in that prison, they didn't want to leave. They were in the place that held them bound. They could run away, but God's presence was apparently so strong; it was there. Even the prisoners stayed, even though the doors were open, because the presence of God is there. There's something about when you're in the presence of God that you just want to stay, don't you? I just want to stay. In your presence, I just want to linger in your presence because when we have fresh bread, come on, it is good. Yes. Yesterday, Heather was cleaning out the freezer in the in the kitchen, and she told me, it sounds pretty gross. She said, we have an issue with our freezer in there. Speaking of building fund, we have an issue with that. There's always something. And, uh, and she's, uh, she's like, I pulled out this bread. And she's like, it was moldy and disgusting. And didn't you say it literally just like fell apart? It just like, it just disintegrated all over the floor. It was just nasty. I'm like, how long? Was, that bread has been here since 2008. I think that bread has survived all these years. But it was, it was bad. Who wants to eat that? It, it's old. It's nasty. I'm not going to touch that stuff. I mean, it's probably like full of penicillin, but it's not good penicillin, right? It, it's just bad I don't want to just... I, there's something about that fresh bread my father-in-law used to make fresh bread. We'd walk into the house and he'd say, "I just made some fresh bread." Is anybody and I'm like, "Yes, I'll take some of that fresh bread." And it's so good. Church, when we present the world with that fresh bread, hallelujah. How people want something new. People are looking for something right now that is good, that is living, that is authentic. The world is not interested in just us presenting, well, You know, we'll bring Jesus out once in a while. We had revival 20 years ago. No, we have it right now in Jesus' name. If I could have Willis join me up here. If you haven't had a chance to grab communion cups, please do so. I want everyone to join in communion today. They're back there. Don't hesitate to grab some. But as we prepare for worship, and Willis joins me up here. I want to say, not only do we need this in our services, this, this making Jesus the main thing, we, we need it in our homes. Yes. I was at a men's Bible study yesterday, a men's breakfast with some other men in the church here, and we were at this Bible study. I don't know how many were there, maybe four or 500 men, I would guess. Uh, Lomas Brown was there speaking, and some others, Lions and former NFL players, and we were sitting there. And one of the speakers, the younger speaker, he got up there, He and, and I'm just saying this to the men, but he's like, Where are the men? He's like, where are the leaders? And it it kind of convicted me. And and, and I'm sure if it was full of, of ladies, if it was a ladies breakfast, they'd say, where are the ladies? Where are all the leaders, right? Church, we need to make Jesus the main thing, not just at church, but in our homes. Parents and fathers and mothers and grandparents. He has to be the main thing in our homes, How about our marriages? What if Jesus is the main thing in our marriage? Do you think your marriage will be more successful and be an uh, an example? Let's all say it, yes! Yes. Jesus is the main thing. I notice many times when when I hear of couples going through hard times, a lot of times, maybe one of them or both are, they've kind of made him a side thing. Not always, but many times. See, I believe that you'll never be the husband or wife or the mom or dad or the student or the, or the entrepreneur, or the business person, or the, or the Christian you need to be until Jesus is the main thing in your life. And that starts with the bread, the bread. Remember the story of Ruth, Naomi. I, I always go back to that story because it, it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible of, of people who left Judah. They left the praise. They left the bread, right? That word means those things. And they left all that. They, they went to a different land. And when they went, the, the, the bread dried up. The provision dried up. When they left the praise, when they left the word, the bread, things dried up. When you leave the praise, when you leave the word, listen, your walk. When Jesus is not the main thing, you'll go through some dry seasons. Let's make him the main thing, amen? That's why Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Again and again in the Bible, you would hear stories like in the the tabernacle, the priests, they would put fresh bread out every single day on that table, we need it. I pray that you are in the word. Some of you already told me that I'm so thankful. Some of you said, Pastor, I did the homework that you assigned us last week. I read Second Peter chapter one, two, and three. And now I want you to read first John. Read first John. God is life. God is love. Read that amazing book penned many years ago, but more relevant today, probably than ever before because it's always about Jesus. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we prepare our hearts to receive? And I wanna pray, like, I choose him. Jesus, we choose you. In all of this, in all the things going on in our world right now, we choose you. I love you. He is the treasure of all ages. He is what your soul longs for. He is enough. He is worthy. He is holy. And he is the lover of your soul. He is the one who starts and finishes everything and everything in between. He is all you need. And he's everything you've ever wanted in this life. And his name is Jesus. And he gave his life for you. I wanna ask you a question before we receive this. I wanna ask you this question. What will your first words be to Jesus when you're standing in front of him? When you look into the eyes of the one who knew you before you were born, the one who walked on the water, the one who fed the 5,000, the one who has been seated at the right hand of God the Father for the ages, And now it's just you and him. Picture that right now. I love to picture myself walking towards him. Tears running down both of our eyes, our faces. And then you catch a glimpse of his hands and the holes from the nails in his hands and his feet. You, You hear what his voice sounds like. You you see the color of his eyes. What will you say? What will you do? Do you know him? Is he the main thing in your life? I thought about this last night and I was sitting in my office and I pictured this and I began to think about the sounds and the scene and the, and the images. And, and I remembered, it brought me back to, I remember when I was on, on my wedding day And I and I could literally feel my heart beating out of my chest. And I know you've felt that before. Like there's moments in life when you can literally, you're so, you're so much in the present moment. You can like feel your heartbeat. You can even hear it. All I know is when I stand before Jesus, I'm gonna be able to feel my heart beating out of my chest. I can't wait to see him. And I know the words that you're probably gonna say, I love you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for taking my life that was broken. Thank you for restoring my life. Like Summer say, maybe there's someone here, you feel like my life is like so broken, so messy. There's things that I know about myself that nobody else knows about. If people only knew this, they would think so little of me. Jesus doesn't think that way about you. He loves you just for who you are. Would you hold the emblem of bread with me? As we hold this in our hand, I want you to say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I, thank you. I thank you. By your stripes, By your stripes. I, am I am healed completely, completely. totally, and totally. every, every cell, in every organ. Every function of my body, body. I am healed. healed. My youth is renewed. renewed. And with long life, life. you satisfy me. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's partake. Hallelujah. Miracles are happening right now in this room. Praise the Lord. If you would also open up the cup, and we'll lift this together. And I'm gonna ask you to say a prayer with me again. Say this, Lord Lord Jesus, I thank you. This is the blood of the new covenant in which all my sins are forgiven. Through the blood of Jesus, through your blood, my family and I are redeemed from every curse, and we are, I am forgiven. I thank you for your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's receive this together. Hallelujah. Amen. God be praised. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? Let's stand. Let's lift our hands to heaven in a sign of surrender to God. As a vessel, we are saying, God, fill me up right now. Fill me up for this week, for what's ahead. I'm asking you to fill my life. Lord, we're asking, Lord, we will make you the main thing. Lord, we will thank you every day for the day you bless us with. We will thank you for the meals that we, we eat. We will live lives of generosity. Let us be generous people. Lord God, let us us be your hands and your feet. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for speaking into our lives. What a blessed day it is, God, because of you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit to help us and to lead us and to guide us and points us in the right direction. Help us to live with integrity. Help us to live with generosity. And we commit fully to you this week ahead. Thank you for the, son, your, the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for that. Thank you for giving us good health. And even our souls will prosper. I pray, Lord God, that each person that leaves this place will live with a new dimension of faith, a new level of strength, that we will be a walking, talking, living testimony to all that we are, are around of the goodness of God. Our Lord, I pray you will protect, preserve, bless, and bring every single loved one and family member to Jesus through our lives. We pray this in your wonderful, mighty name. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you, and the Lord keep you, and may his face shine upon you. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day. And we love you so much. And we can't wait to see you again. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us online. We can't wait to have everyone back with us. God bless.